Welcome to the Church and COVID podcast. Our host, Nathan Amadio, will be discussing with Sam Barlow High School seniors and local church leaders how Christians and the church should respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Church and COVID podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Amadio, and I'm here today with my co-host, Isabel. Hey, guys. Glad to be back on the show. Today, we get to talk to Greg Kahalen. Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, first off, I'm super excited to be with you guys yeah. today. Uh, honored to be asked to participate in your podcast. Uh, I'm a pastor at Good Shepherd Community Church. Uh, I've had a couple of different roles here at Good Shepherd already. I've only lived in Oregon about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Most of my life I lived in Michigan. And I've been in full-time ministry since 2013, but have been in part-time ministry roles on staff and churches, gosh, since I was 20. Yeah. And I turned 49 this year, so 29 Congratulations. years. Long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I've been in Oregon for two and a half years. I came to Oregon to be the student and young adult pastor. Uh-huh. And so I've overseen the student and young adult ministries here for those two and a half years. But uh, over the past few months, I've moved more into more of a high-level executive pastor role in the church, where I'm now overseeing, along with a couple others, we have a team, uh, but we're overseeing the entire church. So the three of us, myself, Steve Keels, and Paul Norquist, function as the lead pastor right Mm -hmm. now of Good Shepherd. So. Uh, while I'm still the student pastor. Uh-huh. So that's it's a lot, a, of, a lot, it's a lot right you. now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Good Shepherd as a church? Okay. Well, Good Shepherd is in Boring, Oregon. Yeah. You guys probably know where that is <laughs> if you're listening to this. But uh, it's it's the largest church in this area. Yeah. So if you, if you think Gresham, Sandy, Boring, mm-hmm. uh, Good Shepherd's the largest church in those three cities. It's yeah. been around for 42 years. Wow. Uh, it was founded by a couple of guys that have been very influential, not only here in Oregon, but around yeah. the country and the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stu Weber and Randy Alcorn were the founding yeah. pastors of the church. Randy has been one of the best-selling Christian authors yeah. in the world for quite mm-hmm. a number of years. I think most recently, I heard he sold 10 million books. Holy cow. And <laughs> one of the things I love about him is he gives all the money away. Yeah. He barely keeps any of it. It's, he's I a know. very impressive man. And yeah. Good Shepherd has had the personality of some very strong leaders for yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's a Bible-believing, uh, mission-minded church. Yeah, uh, We send missionaries all over the world. Our people are incredibly generous. We reach out not only here locally, but really everywhere. And uh, one of the things that I've loved about Good Shepherd in all of its years is how much of a focus it's had on reaching the next generation. Yeah, Its student ministry yep. has always been very strong. and. Uh-huh. Uh, just thankful to have been part of it. Yeah. So. Well, we're thankful that you've been there. Um, yeah. Kind of just hopping right into the questions. As a big church uh, with a ton of people in it, how has this COVID pandemic really impacted the body? Well, Specific to Good Shepherd. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, it's hard not being together. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the church of Jesus in the Bible is called a body Yeah. for a reason. Uh, it's called the temple of the Holy Spirit. Those are very physical images, yeah. you know. Uh, there's something physical about the body of Christ, the church. It's not that it's confined to a building. That's not it. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. but there's a physical life to it where it can only really be expressed the way it should when you're together. Yeah. It's really hard when you're distanced, uh-huh. you yeah. know. But we've been doing the best we can. It's been fun learning new ways mm-hmm. of connecting with one another. So we've gone online in every way, and yeah, we've been doing a ton of ministry online, mm-hmm. which is great. And we've been able to reach people that we never could have reached otherwise. Yeah. I mean, we've we've been reaching, you know, hundreds of people that have never set foot in uh-huh. the building of our church. But still. Yeah, it's still hard. Uh, yeah, it's been mm-hmm. hard. I mean, we hate not being together, and we're more effective when we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being a large church, it's doubly hard. Yeah. Because, you know everything that's going on out there right now they're limiting the size of gatherings yeah so if you're a small church you could probably get your whole church together in two or three gatherings and you could facilitate that Uh but when you've got there's probably three thousand people that call good shepherd their home church (laughs) yeah how do you facilitate the gathering of three thousand people in groups of smaller than 10 or 20 yeah that's it's a big job. It's been really difficult. But, uh-huh. 300 uh, services. You'd like to preach 300 different Yeah, things. it's really hard. So that's one of the things about being a large church that makes it harder is yeah. how do you facilitate the gathering of your people? Uh-huh. Do you think that there might be any benefits at all as being a big church opposed to a small church? Can you see anything like that? Oh, well, uh, I think the resources. When you're a large yeah. – see, there's something about the pooling of resources. Uh-huh. Even if every person only gives a little, a little becomes a lot. Yeah. And you can do a lot of big things. That's true. And that's Good Shepherd. We have a lot of faithful and generous people. You know, we're not like a church of a bunch of rich people, that's for sure. But we are a church of a lot of generous people. True. And when a lot of generous people pool their resources together, it's amazing what you can do. Yeah. Uh, We send, I think last year we sent... $800,000 Eight hundred thousand dollars to oh, wow. mission projects all uh-huh. around the world, and that's extraordinary. Yeah, to be part of that. Huge. And the little bit that I can give goes toward that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm doing big things in the world, even with uh-huh. the little bit that I give. So yeah. that's a real advantage to a large church. It's the mm-hmm. it's the pooling together. Uh, you know, we're able to have a lot of different programs and staff so we can meet the needs of a lot of different kinds of people. That's really helpful, I'm sure. And even during a shutdown like this, we've been able to meet the needs of a lot of different kinds of people just because of the resources we have available. What are are some of those things? What does that look like? How have you been reaching people outside of the church? Well, most recently, just this past weekend, we did a collection drive for the Portland Rescue Mission, for example. So we had some of our pastors out in front of the church wearing masks and gloves and encouraged our people to drive by and -hmm. drop off supplies for the Portland Rescue Mission. We filled an entire truckload of Mm -hmm. supplies of food and non-perishable items and clothing and shoes and toys and everything you could imagine for... You know, a lot of a lot of charitable organizations and nonprofit organizations are really struggling right now. Yeah. Because they depend on volunteers, and volunteers mm-hmm. aren't coming out, and yeah, people true. aren't dropping by to drop things off. So being able to be part of something like that, we gave such a boost to the rescue mission that yeah. reaches out to very needy families. Oh, you know, sure. so that's one thing. Yeah, There have been other things. We sent some money recently to a group that does translation work huh. yeah. halfway across the world. Uh, mostly they do Bible translation work. Uh but the people who are affiliated with us are some of our missionaries that we sent out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they were asked by some health organizations to translate COVID-19 info into very remote languages so yeah. that some of the more remote wow. places can have stuff they can understand to help them navigate the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We were able to send a substantial amount of money because of the generosity of our people yeah. to fully fund that translation work. Uh -huh. For example, that's another thing. Yeah, I could go on and on. There's been <laughs> lots yeah. of things that we've been able to do, uh -huh. especially in a time of crisis like this when the needs are so big. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I, I one thing I've been hearing a lot of is kind of with everything being closed down, the line of where is the church being oppressed, or is it just uh, not something that we need to be worried about in obedience to the law? Like there's passages like <laughs> Romans 13 about talking about strict yeah. like. God put these people in charge, like follow them. But then there's like Acts five when Peter and the other apostles are are arguing against that, and yeah. like, what does that look like in this time? Do you think? Well, you're asking the question of civil disobedience, right? That's yeah. a big phrase that basically means civil disobedience are the times when you decide you are not going to obey the law mm -hmm. of the land in which you live. Yeah. Are there times for a Christian? when they would decide not to obey the laws that are being imposed on them. Well, if you look in the Bible, there were times, yeah, right? Uh -huh. Where they would say, we obey God rather than men. Uh, when, when is that? I can tell you my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're asking Good Shepherd's official position on that, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not that <laughs> spokesman, yeah. right? I'm one person. Yep. I can tell you my personal opinion. Uh, I think that civil disobedience is only appropriate when the church is being persecuted. Hmm. Okay, that's one time. I'll explain that in a minute. Yeah. Another time would be when you're being asked to sin against God. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. That's another time. A third time would be when the value of human life is at stake. Huh. Yeah. Okay? So if my government was persecuting me and treating me unfairly and different from every other group. If they were singling out Christians yeah. or even singling out faith-based groups mm -hmm. and imposing certain restrictions on us they weren't imposing on anybody else, yeah. that would be persecution, right? They're uh -huh. targeting you for mistreatment, yeah. unfair, unjust treatment. That would be a situation where I'd have to strongly figure out whether I'm going to follow that law. Yeah. Okay, number two, if they were asking me to sin against God. For example, in the Bible, you mentioned Acts 5. They were telling them not to preach the gospel. If you preach yeah. the gospel, we're throwing you in prison. Uh -huh. If they told me not to preach the gospel, I'd go to prison. I'd even die yeah. for that. Uh -huh. So they're asking me to sin, to disobey God. Yeah. Or if the value of human life is at stake. Uh, for example, I live, if I lived in Nazi Germany uh -huh. and they were killing millions of Jews, uh, I wouldn't stand for that. Yeah. In fact, there was a Christian back in those days named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He actually came up with a plot to assassinate Hitler. Uh -huh. Was that wrong? I don't know, but I will tell you this. I wouldn't follow a government like that that yeah. was devaluing human life to such an extreme. Yeah. Does that make sense? So oh, yeah, definitely. Is that what's happening right now? It, are any of those yeah. three things happening right now? No. That's what you say. Yeah. I think that's what I say. Yeah. There are some who question it. Yeah. Different different aspects of it. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's tricky. 
Yeah. But those are the questions you have to It's answer. not black and white. It's, it's difficult. I don't think they're persecuting us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're asking me to sin. Uh-huh. I don't think they're devaluing human life. Mm-hmm. Those are my three standards. Yeah. You can tell I've thought through this. No, yeah. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate a lot, of, it. a lot of thought to this, that question, yeah. so I'm glad you asked it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, another question that we have, um, just what in general does the church mean, and has that definition changed during this time? Well, the church itself, uh, it's all of the redeemed people of God, right? Yeah. Those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, a church is an assembly of believers in Jesus who gather. Yeah. There's a fundamental meaning to the church that it, it really does mean to gather. Mm-hmm. Actually, the word itself means yeah. to assemble or to gather. It's it's actually not a very unique word. I mean, if you were, you know, if you lived back in ancient Greece, uh, an ecclesia, which is mm-hmm. the that's the Greek word that we translate for church. Yeah, an ecclesia was just an assembly of people around some common cause. Yeah. So what is a church? It's an assembly of people around the cause of Jesus. Yeah. You don't have to do that in a building. Mm-hmm. You can do it in a home. You could do it out under the sun. It's a beautiful day out yeah. today, right? You could. Jesus would say, where two or three are gathered, mm-hmm. there he is in their midst. Yeah. I think you have you have the church. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think we're sitting here. Uh, I think all four of us are believers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right here we are. Yeah. yeah. A gathering of uh-huh. believers around the cause of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are the church mm-hmm. right here, right now. When you, so how has it changed? Is that your question? How has yeah, it changed right it changed? now? Exactly. I don't think it has. Mm-hmm. I think the way we gather has changed. Yeah. And I do think there are there's different value in different kinds of gatherings. Yeah. The full big gathering of the people together for worship and teaching matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we haven't been able to do it in a normal way. Mm-hmm. Something special about that. And yeah. there's something special about the gathering of two, three, four people uh-huh. as well. I don't think one is more valuable or more important than the other. We've had to give up some of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we haven't stopped being the church. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That kind of leads perfectly into the next question of, like, where do you think the importance should be in having in-person meetings? Because, like, like, there are a lot of great things that you guys are doing and other churches are doing with virtual stuff and meetings like that, mm-hmm. which have been a great example and helped a lot of people. But what importance do you think should be should be put into that to meeting together again well there are 59 commandments in the new testament that are known as the one another's okay if you were to look in the new testament and just search the word one another you'll find this is everywhere yeah bear with one another love one another confess your sins to one another pray for one another serve one another uh on and on it goes right uh most of those Many of those, at least, require you to be physically together to Mm. even do them. Yeah. To do them in an adequate way. Maybe you could do them in some way, Mm -hmm. virtually, but not in an adequate way. Not in the way Jesus intended. Yep. Right? He created a physical world with physical bodies for a reason. Mm. These physical bodies are the way that we relate to one another, interact with one another. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, it's not just a spiritual realm. It's not just yeah. airwaves. Yeah. There's a physical side of it that matters. Huh. So 
what was the question? How important is yeah. the physical? Yeah. Uh, I would say it's essential. Yeah. That's what I would say. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the risk of sounding political. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's essential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they're now lightening up on some of the restrictions and letting yeah. us do it. Do you think that that for that period of time the church was in the wrong because like we don't want to break the law but when we're not able like when the very beginning when no gatherings were allowed like how what does that look like uh have we been unfaithful by not physically gathering is that your question uh it depends on the reason we didn't gather Mm -hmm. if we didn't gather out of fear yeah then i think that was unfaithful Mm -hmm. if we didn't gather out of love because we're trying to promote the health and well-being of others. Yeah. In a time of pandemic, this is unique. Yeah. Right? I mean, my grandmother died from it. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandma got COVID-19 and she died. She's from Michigan. I don't know anybody here who's died from it. Mm-hmm. But my grandma in Michigan did. Mm-hmm. I see what it does. Yeah. I am so thankful I wasn't the one that gave it to her. Yeah. How would I feel? Uh-huh. What does love look like in a time of a global pandemic? Yeah. Love is most important, right? Of mm-hmm. all the things. Doesn't the Bible say the greatest yep. of these is love? Right. Yeah. Whatever love looks like, if you do that, you're not going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. If you have to limit the physical gathering together for the sake of love, then you should. Yeah. If it's unloving, that would be unfaithful. Yeah. Gathering may have been the unfaithful thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but, as you can see, the lines are gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that there's a... No, where, yeah. Where's the line? Like, is it still true now? That uh-huh. is, it, is it safe yet? Yeah. You, know? you got to make some of those decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, a lot of people have been pointing out scripture from the Old Testament saying that this pandemic might be something from God as a warning or some sort of condemnation. What's your thought on that? Uh, well, I would say that every... Every effect of the fall, if you know what I mean by that. So the world we live in is fallen. It's broken. It's a sinful world filled with suffering and pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what is the fall? Well, it's a judgment from God. Yeah. Right. In, in terms of the curse. The fall itself was our fault. Right. <laughs> yeah. We fell. Yeah. But all of the suffering and pain and everything that's broken and wrong with the world is a judgment from God. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense in which every bad thing that ever happens anywhere at any time is, in a sense, a judgment from God. Mm. However, can you tie any specific bad thing to any specific sin Uh with confidence? I don't doubt that there are times when God is judging certain sins in a certain way. That's beyond my ability to know. Mm. Uh, I think of one example in the Bible where I think it's in Luke 18, I think, where there was a tower at Siloam. I don't know if you're familiar with this story. Mm-hmm. Literally, there's a tower that falls on people's heads and kills them all. Yeah. And the disciples want to know, is it because of their sin that this happened? Huh. Yeah. And Jesus' response was, you think those people in Siloam were worse sinners than you? I tell you, unless you repent, you will likewise perish, mm-hmm. right? We've got to be very careful when 
we point to any specific suffering and say it's because you're a worse sinner than me. Yeah. It's not the way it works. <laughs> there are ways we suffer just because we're it's a sinful, broken world. We're yeah. all going to die one day. You're not going to get singled out. If you're in the, the tower that falls on your head, yep, that was a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, you can't ever say it's because you were a worse sinner uh-huh. than the person who sat comfortably in their home. Yeah. It's just not how it uh-huh. works. So is the pandemic a judgment from God? In a sense. Is it also a grace from God? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is he using it to draw people to himself? Is yeah. he using it to uh, inspire acts of love and kindness toward others? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's not only an act of judgment. Yeah. It's also an act of, very much an act of his grace. Mm-hmm. Different places have been hit harder than others, right? Yeah. Michigan was hit really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of my family and friends lived there. Mm-hmm. New York was hit really hard. Yep. Does that mean New Yorkers are worse sinners than Oregonians? Mm-hmm. I, no. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think you can make that case. Mm-hmm. So does that answer yeah. your question? Yeah. Um, uh, adding on to that, though, what about like a cultural like level of sin, like with Sodom and Gomorrah or with the flood? Like, like people have been pulling those out of the Bible and pointing to that. Like, do you think because of the culture we're living in is hypersensitive to, and yeah. we're doing more do, worse do things? I, or? Are you asking me if I think that Oregon is less sinful than Michigan? No, I'm saying the Michigan world as a whole. Michigan got hit really hard. Yeah. Michigan got re- hit really hard. Mm-hmm. They've had 70,000 cases. Like 8,000 people have died there. Yeah. Oregon, by contrast, has had like 3,000 cases and 150 people have died. Yeah. It's been almost nothing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you see the question is, yeah. is this a judgment from God like Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, why are some places hit harder than others? Mm-hmm. Right? I just... Yeah. I struggle seeing it that way. No, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, because if it were that way, wouldn't you think the most sinful places would get hit the hardest? Yeah. Uh, I lived in Michigan and I lived in Oregon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oregon is not less sinful than Michigan. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you straight up. It's not. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I just don't think you can uh-huh. see it that way. No, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that I think that clears up a lot of things because I know people have been pulling things out of context, and I think it's added to a, an overarching level of fear for people and the Christians in general talking about this being judgment and and pulling things out. And I think exactly what you said really kind of debunks that a little bit about um, mm-hmm. where they're coming from. Yes, it's a judgment from God. Yeah. No, it's not because some people are worse sinners than others. Yeah. Uh, but every tragedy is a call to repentance Mm -hmm. anytime someone dies it's a reminder that you too will die yeah Mm -hmm. uh the only reason you're still breathing is so that you have additional time to repent yeah and be conformed into the likeness of christ Mm -hmm. um the book of ecclesiastes says it's better to be at a funeral than to be at a party because death is the fate of every man or woman. Yeah. And you're wise to take that to heart. Mm-hmm. A funeral reminds you. Yeah. Someday you're the one in the casket. So don't point your finger and say, those people died because they're worse sinners. Jesus wouldn't do that. He would say, no, no. Yep. Unless you repent, you're going to perish likewise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
or if you're a believer, to die is gain. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not a judgment for me. Uh-huh. If I were to die, if I got COVID and died, would that be judgment on me? No. No, it'd be like a gift. Thank you, Jesus. Take me to heaven <laughs> where all this is over. You know. Yeah. Exactly. To die is gain for a believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Getting more on that encouraging note. Have you seen or heard about any like? miracles coming through this or just like positive ways to look at this whole thing whether it's like obviously supernatural from the lord or or not coming through this yeah like just in this time period yeah have i seen any miracles come through this uh well i've heard of people coming to faith in christ through yeah. it mm-hmm. i think that's the greatest miracle yeah i've heard stories in fact i there's a church down in california a guy named uh greg laurie is the church mm-hmm. harvest church down in california mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's good friends with Randy Alcorn, and Randy was uh-huh. sharing with me recently that they have had almost a revival happen uh-huh. through their online presence. He's yeah. a very well-known, influential pastor mm-hmm. down yeah. there. And they have had thousands of people make professions of faith mm-hmm. in Christ through all this. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it takes a global pandemic to bring thousands of people to faith in Jesus, I say, bring another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Yeah. But I think that's the greatest miracle when a person goes from blind yeah. to the glory of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like they look at Jesus and they see something they don't want. Yeah. And then all of a sudden one day they look at Jesus and they see glory. Yeah. The Bible says that's because God spoke and shined a light mm-hmm. in their life. That's a miracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I see that. Yeah. Have I seen any miraculous healings? Have I seen you know the dead being raised yeah. or lame people walking or whatever <laughs> i haven't seen any of that yeah uh i've seen a couple of those in my lifetime mm-hmm. not dead people being raised yeah but i've seen miraculous healings mm-hmm. in my lifetime those things happen sometimes yeah. and it's amazing when they do but it's important to realize that the only purpose for miracles in this life are for the sake of the next one Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like mm-hmm. this world is not the end. It's not our home. It's not really good news if you got healed and never died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this world, yeah. you know, it's like uh-huh. eventually, it's good news that either you die and go be with Jesus, or He comes back and yeah. changes you. Right? I'd, uh-huh. I'd prefer that. Yeah. But either way, this world's not the end. Th- this world we live in is passing away. Uh-huh. So, all the different miracles that you might see that prolong life in this world or something or that increase the quality of life in this world they're all yeah. great but this world's passing away uh-huh. you know? yeah yeah where do you think um a healthy level of fear and love for other people but okay. confidence for like just a normal everyday christian like where yeah. do you think like their head should be right 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 are you talking about how to navigate the pandemic in particular yeah, so specifically yeah in other words uh as you're dealing with a virus that has the potential to spread like crazy all over everywhere yeah um and has the potential to kill people Uh especially those who are high risk should you fear yep and should you act in fear should you maybe stay home longer you know do more extreme protective measures is that kind of what you're asking yeah yeah or should you just have confidence that everything's going to be fine because God's yeah. in control? Yeah, where's the balance to that, do you think? Okay. Uh, well, I don't think fear is ever the right answer. Yeah. Um, 
I think love is the right answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. I don't think fear is right. In fact, what's interesting about the Bible is it says that love casts out fear. Yeah. So what, at the end of the day, is the answer to fear from a biblical standpoint? Love is the answer to fear, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Perfect love, especially, casts out fear. Uh-huh. So as I'm trying to decide how to navigate all the complexities of the pandemic, I'm just asking the question, what does love look like? Yeah. Fear is something I, it's not God's will for me. In fact, over and over and over again in the Bible, I'm told, don't fear, be not afraid. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. What are you afraid of? Yeah. You know, don't worry. Don't Uh be anxious. Uh, Those things always reflect a a weak faith. Yeah. In fact, that's what Jesus would say. Oh, you of little faith. Yeah. Right. So I want to have faith Mm -hmm. and faith works through love. Yeah. Uh, what risks should I take? What courage should I have? Mm-hmm. Well, if, if there's... I'll give you an example. Uh, I heard a story recently of an elderly man who stumbled and fell at Fred Meyer. Yeah. This really happened, like, just yeah. within the past week. Elderly man stumbled and fell at Fred Meyer and was struggling to get back up. He was frail. All right. Mm-hmm. And all the people around him were afraid to help him get back up because they were afraid that they were, he's clearly high risk. So do you leave the poor guy where he can't even get back up off the floor because he's high risk and you're afraid, (laughs) right? Uh, What does love look like in that moment? It's hard, yeah. Well, I think surely it looks like helping the poor guy up. You know what I mean? Like. As long as you have confidence that you're healthy, like you're not sick in any way, at least as far as you know, and you're trying to do it in a way that's as safe as possible, but uh, I don't think you should be afraid to help somebody who needs it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's obvious and clear they need help. Mm-hmm. Don't be so afraid of what might happen Yeah. that you don't take the obvious opportunity to love someone who's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of because you sp- I know you spoke on this last night and kind of it's just fresh in my head. Um, how do you think people should be viewing their view of, of God should be through this and seeing this suffering happening in the world? Like what are some tips either for people or like just general mm-hmm. advice on their view of God through this whole difficult time? Kind of the question of if God is good, why is there suffering? Similar, yeah. Right, that is what I talked about. Exactly. Last yeah. night, so, uh, well, um, I think the first thing I would say is the world we live in is a broken world and things are not how they should be. Mm -hmm. This is not how God wants it, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's okay to say, this is terrible. Yeah. It shouldn't be this way. Mm -hmm. People shouldn't suffer like this. Uh, A good God wouldn't want this. Right? That's okay. I think that's real Uh and true. But it does beg the question, then why does he allow it, or why is it happening? And the Bible's answer to that is that uh, it's because God is good and because God is loving that this world is passing away. Yeah, There's a new one coming, uh-huh. a better one, a fixed one, okay, yeah. where there are no pandemics. Uh-huh. This world must die. That's what the Bible says. It must mm-hmm. die. But it's interesting, in God's hands, 
death leads to resurrection. Yep. Okay? You can't be resurrected if you never die. Yeah. <laughs> so dying is worth it yeah. when Jesus is in it. Yep. Because resurrection is better than if you never die. Yeah. Uh, I love that. So the world we live in has to die. That's what the Bible says. It's passing away. Yep. And that's what all of it's for, the curse, the judgment, the sickness, the, the death. It's all the process of killing this world so it can be resurrected yep. into a new and better one. Mm-hmm. Why does he wait so long to do it? Well, there's a lot of people yeah. who aren't ready yet. Uh-huh. They, they're not fit for the new world because they have rejected God's love and rejected God's will and rejected God's path of salvation, which is Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to God but through him. You don't get a resurrection other than through Jesus. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the world that don't yet get that and understand yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And so God is waiting. And it's amazing, while he waits, he uses the suffering to accomplish his purposes. Yeah. It's amazing how he takes what looks bad because it is bad in and of itself, but in his hands he works it together for good. Yeah. So even the worst of things he works together for good. Mm-hmm. So is God good even though they're suffering? Oh yeah. Yeah. In fact, without God you wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cuz think about it. If you're an atheist and you don't believe there's a God, or if you believe in some other God other than the Christian God, a God who's not good, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. I mean, the suffering is real, can't we admit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not getting rid of that. Mm-hmm. You can get rid of God if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, in your in your thinking, mm-hmm. you could get rid of him. You ain't getting rid of the suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where does that leave you? <laughs> Way worse. <laughs> I mean, really, where does that leave you? <clears throat> suffering that's meaningless? Yeah. Suffering that's pointless? just meaningless pain with no purpose it's just random and it's just how it is Mm -hmm. and then you die and stop existing forever yeah is that better Mm -hmm. right please reconsider before you get rid of god (laughs) right especially the christian god it's the greatest news ever yep yep the world's broken it's not how it should be and he agrees with you yeah and he's not going to leave it that way Mm -hmm. yeah well, for the final question, it's a little bit it's a little bit tricky. I'm not sure how well you'll be able to handle this, but if you could give a one-liner, like a, just a short statement of like how the church, like as a whole, just should be responding, kind of just a summary of everything that you said, just just a brief little statement. How the church should be responding, responding right now to this crisis. Right now. Yep. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, <laughs> mind, and strength. Yep. And love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. And these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Beautiful. Uh, figure out what love looks like. You'll be fine. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. This is really fun to have you on here today. Uh, I'm glad we got to get some wisdom from you. Yeah, that's fun. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, visit our website. There's a link in the description or contact us at churchandcovid at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.